Jen. Johnny. What do you know about sauce? I know that you're going to make me talk about it, and if I do a bad job, people in a group chat will judge me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another fantastic episode of Sauce Talk. On the other line, why it's none other than friend of the podcast, Jen. Jen, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. We're glad to hear it. I'm pretty good myself. Uh, I, I feel like it's an important to call this out early on. This is the rarest of rare things, a Saturday night Sauce Talk record. I'm not sure this has ever happened before. Could be the really? first one. But uh, the way things shook out, this is what made sense. And I think we got good Saturday night vibes going. Uh, Jen, I see you have a drink there in front of you. What, what, what do you have over there? I do. It's, it is uh, Three Floyd's Gumball Head. Three Floyd's Gumball Head is a fantastic beer. Classy beer for a classy lady. It is what we had, although I'm noting as I'm drinking it, I don't like it as much as I remembered. And I'm wondering what the fuck happened. Because I remember drinking it and thinking it was so good. And it is good. I think maybe I've been drinking like a lot of IPA and I want that. It's not an IPA, right? It must not be. Yeah, it's an American wheat pale ale. No. Okay, yeah. Not, I don't know anything about beer. Not hitting the way it used to hit. No, it's, it's good, but I just remember being great. You, you, I, I feel like that's one of those beers that's like gone up in production and it's more widely available. And you do yeah. always hear that like sometimes certain oh, sacrifices have to be made in ter- either like in the production process or in terms of sourcing ingredients. You, you can't maintain the same standards when you're getting that you're pumping that beer out to a larger number that of people. Sense. Yeah. I was thinking it was the same thing. I remember I dated this guy in college, and he was super into beer, and I didn't like beer at all. And he got me to drink, uh, I hope this isn't embarrassing for me, New Belgium Flat Tire. And I thought that was really good. And then after drinking that for a few years, eventually that stopped tasting good, and I, like, needed better beer. And so I wonder if it's, like, is do you outgrow Gumball Head? Is it just, or is it, in fact, a production issue? That makes sense. Because I do remember we would, like, when we saw it, we'd buy it because you couldn't find it. But I just got this at Trader Joe's, so... That, you see, the, the the second point it, it would I think make a lot of sense there um, in terms of it has expanded a lot to me I know that like at least at its prime I believe uh, Gumball Head was much more highly regarded than Fat Tire at its prime oh for sure yes Go but ahead. but like, like like Fat Tire more of like an introductory beer and Gumball Head yes. like people who were like no this is actually amazing. And like, oh, yeah. my God, they've expanded. You can get it in Chicago now. It was such a big deal. You don't have to drive over and get it anymore. But also, they, maybe they had exactly the same problem. Because, like, both those are, like, Fat Tire is totally nationwide as far as I know. Yeah. Like, they, they just That's find it anywhere. I just totally thought my taste changed. But that could have happened to that, too. And, yeah, I like, I, I, don't think, I don't know that I would even enjoy it now. I think at the time... It was a revelation because it wasn't Natty Light. Yeah. Which yeah. is what everyone on my college campus was drinking. What what is what was your college campus's shitty beer? Uh Natty Light was was very okay. prevalent. Is this universal? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh and I, I definitely definitely drank it. But like I boy, should we do subtopics before we start the show? Sure. I when I so I didn't drink in high school 
and I didn't drink at all until I was a sophomore in college. And then I didn't really like beer. And it was really like late undergrad. I was like, I'm going to go to law school. You know who's going to law school? Fucking beer dorks. I better be able to talk to them. <laughs> Boy, nothing wrong. True. Where's the lie? Uh, right. Fucking good play by me. Exactly. Time to turn myself into a beer dork, and I fucking did it. Good job. Uh, well, do whatever I, you know, obviously range. You don't want to anger the other beer spectrum. dorks by claiming to be a <laughs> exactly. Beer dork. Like many people would outclass me in terms of beer dorkdom, but uh, when I got into it, I, I actually like went to uh, I want to say Friar Tucks, mm -hmm. and would just go and get like the mix of six thing and just get weird stuff. And try it. And I remember the, uh, like, Pyramid Apricot was a big, was, yes. was a formative beer for me. Yes. Being like, damn, this kicks ass. I can get my head around this. And then I found my way into stuff. And then before long, I'm yeah. like, just give me them hops. That's all I need. I was, I was still dating said college boyfriend into beer when I started law school. And I remember him getting that beer from Fire Tux, which I have not thought of. Since we left law school, Friar Tucks, and it brought me a lot of joy. Yeah, to there you go. That place. Uh, well, I don't want to go too hardcore into it, but unfortunately, we have very different drinks tonight. I was at the liquor store yesterday, and I was like, I got a podcast coming up. I'm going to want to have a fun drink to drink with my pal Jen on the air. So I was looking for something cool, and I didn't find it. Instead, I found Hard Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Oh, no. I'm going to drink it during the show. This is a fun part of the show I didn't tell you about in advance. I mean, but, I'm... Uh, I'm going to pound this shit. I'm horrified. Now, I, here's, here's the real problem. This is a, to, to be clear, I'll read you the whole title. Do you want to sleep tonight? I don't sleep ever. I was born okay. to live. Uh, this is Hard Mountain Dew Baja Blast. And after I got it home, I noticed, actually, that do those words sound exciting to you, Hard Mountain Dew Baja Blast? So well, what if, what if I told you I could add two more words that I didn't notice in the store that actually make it much worse? Oh, God. This is Hard Mountain Dew Baja Blast <clears throat> Zero Sugar. Oh, so you no. know this is pounded with the worst kinds <laughs> really? of artificial like sweetener. Your mouth is going to be yeah. coated with that horrible taste. It's going to fuck up your stomach. I'm going to try to drink about a third of it. How, with the how first. big is it? Uh, oh, I should know. This is a large can. Because it looks big. Now, it does say this is a malt beverage with natural flavors, artificial sweetener, certified color, and FD&C yellow number five. Certified color. It is 24 fluid ounces. But a mere 100 calories per 12-ounce serving. It is two servings. I'm going to try to drink over half a serving right now. I'm trying not to just spiral into how upset I am about humanity. Oh, my God. He's doing it. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, we like this. <laughs> this is fine. Do you like regular Mountain Dew? Uh, no, but I do like regular Baja Blast. What is Baja Blast? That's a separate thing. That's not Mountain Dew. <clears throat> what is Baja Blast? 
So it's no, come to this. I, tell you, I didn't grow up drinking soda. My parents didn't have soda in the house. There, 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 now, speaking of things that exist in your house, there's a man in your house named Pat Polk. And Pat Polk is a frequent visitor to a certain restaurant name of Taco Bell. Yes. And Taco Bell has a special exclusive product called Mountain Dew Baja Blast, which is a teal Mountain Dew that you okay. can only get there. And then, but you can only get there unless you go to the liquor store and be an adult, ostensibly, and then buy Mountain, hard Mountain Dew Baja Blast Zero Sugar. Yeah. Taco Bell, they are just like never sleeping on coming up with insane product crossovers. It's like, because Patrick likes Taco Bell and has now gotten my children addicted to Taco Bell. After Speak I on that. I want to hear about that. Oh my God, Johnny. Okay. So like, I've been a little over the top with some of the like parenting food stuff. It's not uncommon. I think so you're one of those person. ladies. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying not to be one of those ladies and Pat likes Taco Bell. I was like, sure. Feed the children Taco Bell. They won't like it. They barely eat anything. Nope. Fucking loved it. Kit, my four-year-old at her pediatrician's office where they're kind of interrogating them to see if we're doing a good job, asked her, what is your favorite food? And she yelled, both hands over her head, Taco Bell! And I was like, thank you. I would like a hole to open up in this floor. What, what, what percentage of children would say broccoli? Like, that feels like setting the children no, and the p- like, family up for failure. But they would say, like, like, like Lily would say her favorite food is um, fucking shawarma. That's an acceptable answer. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Kit's, Kit's real favorite food is macaroni and cheese, and I would even accept that in a pediatrician's office. Yeah. I mean, here's like here's the real thing. It doesn't matter what this bitch thinks of me. It's fine. But like, obviously, a kid saying their favorite food is Taco Bell doesn't reflect great. There's a note in her file now. She's she, she's gonna yeah. You're not gonna be able to get her a regular doctor. They're gonna <laughs> shoot her down. Anyway, they like Taco Bell. The interesting thing about it to me, Lily eats bean burritos there. They only they only order one thing. Kit each. Kit only eats cheese quesadilla, no sauce. Lily only eats bean burrito with mild sauce. No onions. We make them bean burritos at home. We make them quesadillas at home. And they like them. Then they're not that different. So I don't understand what the thing with Taco Bell is for them. Maybe it's like the thrill of the drive through. I don't fucking do you, know. Do you eat that bean burrito? I have eaten it. I do not... As a practice, eat it. You, you, you go to that. That so you do you have the Taco Bell app on your phone? No. Wow. What what if what if this is what if this is the conflict? I hurt myself. Like, I, hurt myself. I, I I I think how many times have we done the podcast together? Is this three? Something like yeah, that. I May I wonder if it was one it day. It might be four. I think it's four. It might be four. We had the Mad Libs episode that was not. Great. Oh God! Had, yeah, I blocked that out. I can I apologize again for the Mad Libs episode. I, that was my fault. How is it yeah. your fault? I did it because any other guest would have been entertaining, and instead I just had the worst attitude. You did get really mad at me. I was so mad. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if one day historians will look back and they'll be like. One time podcast existed and we lost record of them all except for sauce talk. It's the only one. Let's <laughs> analyze the history. Kind of like with cave know. paintings. Ain't no way the cave paintings we see were the best ones. It's just what happens to exist. Maybe it'd be the same with podcasts. Maybe it's good that sauce talk has no listeners. Hello, zero listeners. 
but they'll look back and they'll be like, well, this is the episode. Well, I guess the anger episode was the, the <laughs> Mad Libs one. And the friendly episode was one. Maybe this is the direct conflict episode. Sure. How dare you be like. It's just time. Anyway, that bean burrito, especially, you sneak that beautiful avocado ranch onto the bean burrito. More sauce. There's not enough. You get that going. It's a dream. One of the best things on the menu. I don't have any problem with it. I just don't think it tastes better than me making a bean burrito in my what house. What you putting in your bean burrito? Probably fucking nothing. Beans? Yeah, like a hot sauce. Yeah, why would that be good? I used to put cheese in there. and then You took I the cheese started... out and you thought it got better? No, it didn't get better, but <laughs> my body hates cheese. Yeah. So I took, it, I took it out. No, it tastes better with the cheese for sure. I mean, it tastes, Pat and I ate them in a law school a fair amount. We lived by, I lived by a Taco Bell, so we ate the bean burritos sometimes. Oh, let's step back on that. Do, do you think that it's possible that Pat wouldn't have dated you if you didn't live by the Taco Bell? Yes. Maybe he was like, I know these, these two, two chicks, they both fucking slamming hot. I might, I can't, I can't pick between them, but Jen lives by the Taco Bell. Taco Bell. That's and convenient. And at the time, also Nero's Eros, very loud by my window at night. We would hear what everybody was ordering. Uh, I lived by a Nero Giro's in undergrad, and everybody said that if you went there and ordered the exact right combination of things, you would get a bag full of drugs. <laughs> that sounds correct. I, uh, I, I, I can't confirm this. Nobody told me what to order, but I was like, I bet that's true. Megan and I went back there, weirdly, to get my first COVID shot. That was like, remember when we were all trying to get COVID shots wherever we could? Uh, and Fun they one, And I was like... I could pick from a variety of locations quite far away, and one of them was in Champagne, and so I was like, "We're fucking doing that." Oh, the road so trip. We there went, you go. Yeah. Yeah. We ate those. We drove around. The oh, Nero's Heroes is not there anymore. Really? Really? That's a shame. It was fun, and it was predictably upsetting to see like how much it changed in a short amount of time, and how small the undergrads looked, like just like fucking fetuses, like just infants. I live. Tiny. I live right next to Loyola University here, and it is troubling. And I say that, like, it is troubling for me, and it is, like, mentally devastating for Gina. <laughs> like, I, I recognize that, like, I, I don't have the same problems. It is just rough. It's, it's, it fucking sucks shit. That was relatable, Jen. Yeah. Yeah, they're just very small. They're very small, and I don't understand their clothes at all. They dress. They, they, it looks fun and cute. Let me but... tell you, you're a mom. I guarantee you don't wear mom jeans like they do. I, These fucking jeans I, are is, bizarre. Like, what if I was the ugliest me. human alive? I'll get those jeans. Right. You're like, this belongs to me. How am I not? But <laughs> I'm I don't supposed know to have to mom jeans, it. but I would never wear those jeans. I wouldn't know how to make it cute. I don't know what they're up to. Teens I mean, good for them. Days. Bah. I don't know what we were wearing as teens. Fucking low-rise jeans. It's like a hate crime. That, yeah, that's absolutely... That that has to make you bitter. To be like, that was what you were supposed to wear. Then, and now it's just like, actually, it's good if your jeans aren't flattering. And back then it was like, well, your jeans aren't flattering because they have to be below your fucking hips. They have to be yes. all the way down. And literally, like, Britney Spears and no one else looks good like this. But yes. everyone has to fucking wear them. Great. Yes. Really good decision by everybody. It, like, you have to wear them because that's the only jeans we sell. Like, <laughs> enjoy. Yeah. You, can Other, them, yeah. you can have them flared. You can have them wide leg. But they will be showing yeah. your butt crack. It's those or men's carpenter jeans. Have fun. <laughs> Which one do you want? I took the men's carpenter jeans. That worked out okay for me. 
Like, I'm aware that this podcast is not the correct audience for this conversation, so I low-key apologize, but you've hit on a nerve, and that is, like, I, I recognize that fashion trends, like, you know, it's cyclical, whatever, but the way that we hit my generation of women in terms of gene cut, I just feel like it's tragic. We did not get exposed until high to high-rise jeans until our late 20s, and I'm, I, they're the only comfortable ones. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, yeah. Makes no sense. I mean, I guess maybe, maybe, maybe a counterpoint, maybe it would be worse if low-rise jeans became trendy when we were older and we felt like we had to try them, but I would like to think that we would just not have. Oh, you, you, you don't get, you, you still don't win anything because if you accidentally wear any sort of jean with uh, any sort of like skinny cut, then every Gen uh, Z person screams at you, don't you know those aren't cool? Skinny jeans, like, what are you doing? Oh, my what? God. So chuggy. I feel like that's what they say on the internet, and maybe that's what they say to each other. I don't know. But, like, they it's, say confusing. It. it's confusing to me because I'm like, what about you looking at me makes you think I am trying to be cool? <laughs> like, boy, I wish 19-year-olds thought I was hot. Right. Like, that might right. be a crime. It's important I don't think that I'm trying to do that. It's like funny that they just think we're all really bad at it. I do think some people are trying to be cool and perhaps not fully succeeding to a 19-year-old. But I, I think the vast majority of women that I know like just genuinely do not give a fuck about like teenage trends other than occasionally when they have to interact with this conversation where they're like, you're not supposed to wear skinny jeans anymore. And they're like, what? Is Why? it possible that the only relevant piece of media to come out of the 2000s was the scene from Bridesmaids where Kristen Wiig argues with the girl at the jewelry store. I don't remember that scene. It's good. We were just talking about Bridesmaids. Pat and I have been, because we've gotten old, we've been making a list of, I've gotten tired of talking about what to watch is really what's happening. And so we've just been making a list of media we already like that we want to rewatch. And it's been a fucking delight. And we were debating whether to put Bridesmaids on it or not, and I think we need to now. I think you should rewatch it. Yeah, but uh, And then after you rewatch it, you should go on YouTube and find – there's, like, a video that's, like, them just arguing back and forth for, like, 12 minutes. And it got cut way down into the thing that you actually see in the movie. Okay. I'm writing this down. But goddamn, is it fucking good. And of the it, jewelry scene? Yeah. The jewelry store scene. It is women of different generations not connecting, and boy, is it in alignment with this. I am a little concerned. I said Bridesmaids, uh, 2000s movie. What year did that come out? Oh, yeah. No, it did. What you think it was? 2011. I'm wrong. Yeah. It's okay. not of the early 2000s. It is. I was, I, I, I was thinking it was like 2009, but it came out in 2011. Either way, my point stands. Uh, that, that's meaningful. That. I could have told you that because biggest fan of Bridesmaids, my mother, loves that fucking movie. I saw it like five times when it this came out. This is very surprising to me. It so much. It's surprising to everyone who's ever met her because <laughs> she's never liked another comedy that any of us are aware of. She thinks that the 2,000-year-old man is really funny and then also this. Just like literally no idea why this is the one that works. I mean, it is good. But, like, if you like this, there should be a long list of other similar movies that, like, should do it for you. And no. 
she thinks they're stupid. But apparently the extended diarrhea scene was like high comedy for her. I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't have that. <laughs> and it's not a lady thing. I don't want any poop jokes from anybody. No, I, that honestly, the, part of the reason I haven't rewatched that movie outside of the times that I rewatched it with my mother um, is because of that scene, the, the yeah. bodily fluid scene. So how is that Mountain Dew treating you? Oh, it's fucking great. Uh, still, now, it's still going down smooth. It's still going down smooth. I have some more information about it, though. I just checked here. Now, one, it does encourage me to drink responsibly, which raises the question of, how do you drink hard Mountain Dew responsibly? I'd say you don't. No. But, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Does it taste like Mountain Dew? It tastes just like Baja Blast. Okay. But I will note that it says, first off, this is flavored beer. Gross. But also, <laughs> no caffeine. No. No caffeine. Uh, not what I would have assumed. Doesn't, wouldn't regular Baja Blast have caffeine? Yeah, I think you'd have a lot of caffeine, yeah. But uh, I guess this is probably what is like the a content, and that's it's. Would you, I'll, I'll I'll let you guess. Five percent. That's exactly right. I yeah. assumed it would be higher, but it's a mere five percent. Yeah. Now that said, I, I am over halfway through this already, so. Uh, I, I feel like they would want it to be higher, but just because they have to still make it taste like Mountain Dew, and the fact that you said it was good, made yeah, me think it wouldn't be so low or wouldn't. Zero. Be I already though. I am picturing the ibuprofen and Tums I am going to take before bed tonight yeah. to try to counteract the enormous quantities of artificial sugar I am drinking now. I know better than to do that, but this is the commitment I have to this show. I hope you, the listener, are enjoying this. I'm kind of mad. Well, now that I know it didn't have any caffeine in it, I'm kind of mad that you didn't tell me to get one, too, and I could have tried it, although I think tomorrow me would have been very mad. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I can't possibly put that on any Next time me. I come on, can we both try a thing? Honestly, that's a fantastic idea. I would like to. I like this a lot. Uh, uh, I accidentally, are you familiar with Fever Tree? Of course you are, right? Yeah, love it. Good uh, stuff. I accidentally bought, during the pandemic, it was kind of hard to find. And my sister really likes it, and I really like it. And she was watching my children for me every day because she is, in some ways, a saint. Fuck yeah. And, yeah. And so um, I was cooking dinner for her every night, and I was trying to find Fever Tree. Really, I really wanted to find it because, like, I wanted to say thank you, and I didn't know how. And so I needed Fever Tree, and I bought sugar-free Fever Tree, and that was not a good choice uh. that I made. I think any—I mean, not any other, because some of them are really bad. But I should have just gone with something else that was not sugar-free. It was I, like I couldn't believe how like you're saying this Mountain Dew tastes like Mountain Dew still even though it's sugar-free. So the fake sugar is going to fuck up your body, but at least tastes good. The Fever Tree tasted horrible. I, I think it helps that Baja Blast is like the most artificial flavor thing there's ever been. And so whether yeah. you're talking about like tonic water or ginger beer or whatever Fever Tree thing you're getting yeah there's no way that you want something you're you're getting something that has such a fraudulent no flavor to begin with as soon as you started saying it i was like oh of course right like (laughs) mountain dew that is a lot of artificial flavoring that they are using and they can make that cover up a lot okay average analysis per 12 uh, ounces 100 calories no fat, no protein, obviously. 2.2 grams of carbs. What are those carbs? That's a good question. Does this I have sugar in it? 
alcohol doesn't have carbs and fake sugar doesn't have carbs. Why is there's car- why is carbs? I mean, at this point, I think we're kind of just like, what substance is in this? That's what I'm concerned about. It's like, first off, it, I mean, it says zero sugar. Yeah. It feels like a little bit of sugar is a treat. Zero sugar, except you need a little sugar. Johnny, you've been so good today. What if you got a little bit of sugar? Jen. I'm going to need a text from you tomorrow about how your body feels. No, you won't get that. Because we are old. No, I'm young. How old are you? I am 36. I'm 90% sure. If you give me a second, I'll run the math on that. 36? That sounds that sounds low. Yes, I'm turning 37 in June. Why, why is you so young? You skip grade. Aren't we the same? No, I'm older than that. No, I was just straight through, but my birthday's in June, so I'm just... On the younger no. end of my year. Now, what about this? You forgot how old Am you are. Am I already 37? I kind of think you might be. What year were you born? 86. Hmm. I was born 85. Yeah. I'm turning 38 next week. What year is it? 2023. Yeah. This remains no. up for debate. No, I can no, see I'm nothing. Turning, no, I'm turning 37 because Pat and I are always three years apart. It's it's bumming me out that I'm not just being like math. We have the math, but Pat and I are three years apart, except for the time between when he turns his birthday is in March and mine is in June. And then we're four years apart. And then we go back to three years apart. So I'm turning 37 because he just turned 40. Hmm. Questionable. When's your birthday? I don't remember. It's time for our next segment. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. Isn't your birthday like now? Uh, Yeah. My birthday is next Thursday. So you're turning, but you're turning 38. Yeah, because I was born in 1985. Then how are we the same year? In, did you go straight through to law school? Yeah, but uh, oh, here, here's what it is. I graduated from undergrad in four and a half years. I so see. I was a year off. Okay. Yeah. I'm still not that confident about your age. Jen, it's Hold time on. for our next segment. Pat. Patrick. How old am I? Patrick confirms I'm 36. Okay. Well, if Pat thinks you're 36, you must be 36. <laughs> Let me he's, tell you. He's got that fucking rose on his desk that the petal is falling off. So do, we fucking know. Do you feel that for some reason, like 35 didn't even wig me out, but passing 35 has felt like a mental shift that I wasn't prepared for? I... And don't care about any of this, but I will care when I turn 40, but only for one reason. I specifically remember when my mom turned 40. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I know that I have memories of my parents being the age that I am. Yeah. But I can't really place them. But yeah. I remember the day my mom turned 40. And so when I am that age and also don't have children am not married, don't have a home, am not a real person. Uh, that will hurt. Uh, but uh, also, we do not what am I going to do with any of those things? The difference in the economy that the boomers had. Yeah, they took the ladder up. Thanks, thanks for yeah. that. I wish if I had a ladder, I'd fucking climb it. I ain't got no ladder. I remember sitting at my first job and these attorneys being like, 
why do people need loan forgiveness? I paid off my loans. And then you'd be like, how much were your loans? And they were like $5,000 for yeah. all of law school. And we were like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Bye. I'm going to pay $5,000 to hire someone to kill you. <laughs> right. Exactly. We can end and, this. And people my age are so desperate, they will do the job for that. That's bad news <laughs> for you. Good money. Back in your day, it was ten grand minimum. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. No, it's not. I. It's not that I care about getting older in like I think the ways that you would think. It's just that I think I'm having trouble. Like, it's like tripping me out. Like it's like, and I think it's similar stuff. It's like going to take my kid to drop off at first grade and realizing that I remember my friend's parents yeah. when I was in first grade and they all seemed so grown. And I was like, but I am basically still a child. I don't know what I'm doing ever. Like, how can I be what they were? Which I think is kind of what you were sort of a similar. I, I a, do a think, thing. I do think it was con- perhaps reading a bunch of Kurt Vonnegut in high school. But I, it was conveyed well to me that adults are bullshit pretty early yeah. on. And so I was, like, very aware, and I've always known that, like, and I, I think my parents talked about this too, that, like, when I was an adult, I would not know anything to this pretty much the same extent I've never known anything. Yeah. And that there, there would be no special, like, oh, well, now I'm this age and I'm a real person. And also other people who I see who are the same age as me, well, they're a real person. And they like, no, actually, everybody's just fucking full of shit. And nothing, nothing is yeah. real. And so, yeah. like, that doesn't hurt. But seeing, yeah, see those images in my head and being like, this is when they were your age and their life sure was different. That, that doesn't feel good. And it's not going to feel good. But it's never going to feel good. It's not going to get better. Whatever gets better, he said, pushing the conversation in too negative a direction. But then, before she could respond, he finally jumped in and, boy, a long ways into the podcast, said, Jen, eat anything good lately. You're really good at counteracting my attempts to derail this conversation, and I am impressed. My hat goes off to you. I, now, in fairness, we were a long ways into the show, and we have not said I anything. No. But know. also, how could we ascribe the the negative attributes to you? I fucking talked forever about my Mountain Dew Baja Blast Zero Sugar Hard, he said, but completely out of order. I think the problem is I think I'll, like, I'm just like, but don't we, we have so much more to cover on all of these topics. There's so much here. It's so interesting, but we don't actually have, like, 10 hours, so. Um, have I eaten anything good? I, unfortunately, I essentially forgot about this podcast until the moment before we started recording. How dare I, you? I know. I'm sorry. I was like, I need to think about it and I didn't. And so the, and the truth is I don't, so it's bothered me because I'm like, there's something that I, I must've eaten something good and I just can't remember it. And I'm going to remember it as soon as we're done and it's going to bother me. But the, I don't know if that's true. I think we just like, we haven't been, I haven't been trying many new recipes. We haven't been going out to eat. So I think the last good thing I ate is just the thing I've made a thousand times with a really embarrassing name. Are you ready? Yes. It's called goddess salad. Like deeply embarrassing. I think it might be called, it might even be longer. It might be like green goddess salad. I don't fucking know. I'm going to look it up. Do you feel like a goddess when you make it? No, I really don't. The, the, the person that the recipe comes from a blog and all of her titles are like this. Let me see. Uh, oh, yeah, it is worse. Uh-oh. It's protein power goddess bowl. Yeah, I know. Um, 
but it's fucking delicious. And I've been making it since 2011. That's a long 12. time. Yeah. I think Pat might have picked out the recipe, actually. I'm not 100% sure. It's like, it's like French green lentils and wheat berries. Are Do you think grains. Pat found the recipe by Googling goddess protein? <laughs> Definitely. No, I think, I think Pat was like looking, like he knows the sort of bullshit I'm up to and was like, let me find something. I feel like Pat was like acting like AI. He was like, what? I have the inputs and I'm just going to like generate a gen like piece of bullshit. Like, I feel like I would have not clicked on it because of the name. And Pat was like, nope, this is exactly the shit you'd be into. He's like, I'm still hooking up with this girl who lives next to the Taco Bell. I don't know why. I might as well keep her happy. <laughs> what kind of bullshit does she like? Goddess, whatever. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still, I, we haven't, I haven't made it in a minute because it's like, it's just a little bit more involved than like what I prefer for weeknight cooking or my general level of laziness. And so I just haven't made it in a while and I made it and I was like, God damn, this is still just so good. Tell me it's about good it. hot. It's good cold. Okay. So like I said, French lentils, wheat berries, extremely important that you don't substitute these. I recommended this to a friend that I worked Gotta with. Gotta be ate. French lentils and wheat berries. Well, you could probably, we could make some light substitutions, but John, this girl, I like we very similar interests in terms of eating. And she used brown rice and brown lentils. So it was just like mushy and mushy was the, the choice she made. Wheat berries are like really chewy and kind of firm and green lentils are also firm. Anyway, green lentils, spelt berries or wheat berries. And then it's got like a lemon tahini sauce and it's got kale and it's got tomatoes and it's got red onions and it's got red pepper. And it's like just very hearty and you can eat it. You can put it on lettuce. You can eat it without lettuce. You can, I've eaten it cold, like in packed it for lunch and eat it cold, but it's good warmed up. And it just like doesn't get worse with being a leftover. It's just really good. And like my body appreciates it because it's like, you know, it's filling but healthy. So I don't feel like garbage. If your mom took you to the doctor and the doctor asked what your favorite meal was, do you think you would say this? It might be. It That's sounds, the I mean, the way you speak of it, right. you're glowing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I think it, it feels silly to say it as a, a good thing I've eaten lately because I've eaten it hundreds of times, but yeah. We had it just the other day. Oh, it also has a lot of nutritional yeast in it. So nutritional yeast is, is delicious. I mean, that's, I know that's great stuff. Yeah, uh, it, it 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 sounds fantastic. Uh, Gina and I find ourselves more and more having big ambitions about new recipes and exciting things, but then also. There's this place, I can't remember the name of it, that she used to go pretty frequently in Minneapolis that had, like, this one bowl she really liked. And then one day she just went on there and it was, like, copied and pasted all the ingredients in the bowl. And now we're making that every week. It's, like, yeah. every Tuesday it just happens. Yep. And, and then also I put a sunny-side-up egg on top of it. Yes. And it's fucking good, and yes. it makes it fun for me because I get really into, like, I'm going to get so fucking good at making this egg. And so every time I'm, I'm into that, and so that's, like, the fun part of making the meal because otherwise it's yeah. very simple. Yeah, I, I, I have no qualms with it. It sounds fucking fantastic. I feel like for me it was, like, the rediscovery of a food that used to be that for me. It used to be, like, a once a week, once every other week thing that I made and just – 
it just is like the kids won't eat it and it's just a, like just takes a little bit more time than I want it to take and so I just sort of haven't been making it and I'm like this needs to go back into the rotation it's worth the extra time and you double it and it just lasts forever so yeah oh and that is the ultimate in these ball things in that yes. it is it especially you get real smart all the hearty ingredients you make and then you just go to the store and buy the greens and that shit again the next day and that's just as fresh but now you don't yep. have to do any of the other stuff oh my god you, you can yep. still fry the egg at the end if you want yeah what a good time you're having i'm gonna need that recipe johnny yeah i, I can find it it's literally a screenshot of uh whatever this place in minneapolis says just a list of the things they put in it and then we get those things in but, like respect because i don't know like how often do you eat a food where you're like i'm obsessed with this i would like to eat it every day so like yes find out what it is you should yeah. there's a there's a place down the street from us that just opened oak park has a little bit of an interesting scene where like we'll occasionally get very talented people who just don't want to live in the city anymore and so they move out here and they have kids and they just like want to still do what they were doing and so this is the uh, pastry chef from like a what's that burger place like mods and um oh my god you guys i think ate there together it's that burger place in chicago that everyone's obsessed with you have to wait in line and ah. I got nothing for you. Okay, I'm going to have to think about it. But anyway, she's a pastry chef. She was a pastry chef for them. And her and her sister just opened this little tiny bakery. And it's like unreasonably good. Nice. That was so stupid expensive. But they have this salad. Also, it's a kale salad. I really like kale a lot. I know that that oh, is Oh, I like, like kale too. I, I it's, it's so good. It's so good. Anyway, she has this kale salad and it's got this mustard on it. And I just need to do what Gina did. I just need to, like, they list the ingredients. I just need to Google similar recipes and try a couple until I find it. Because when I ate it, I was, like, injected into my veins. I love this. This is so good. Yeah. Uh, during the pandemic, Gina got really... Gina and I, but Gina was always like, this was a meal that she always made because she just always nailed it. But like a basic kale and white beans bowl thing. This has white beans in it. Yeah. Kale and white beans is just a dream. But we had it so many times that both of us were just like, I, I think it's going to be a while yet. <laughs> like that, it was yeah. like we ran it into the ground and then we started digging. And so like, it, it, it's been a while, but it's. Kale and white beans is just a dream. Like, that's yeah, and, that's all you need. And the thing, I, I figured out what it is. It's hog salt, so they own all Cheval, Gilt Bar. You know, I almost, as a, as a joke only to myself, almost said French horse. Because yeah. I do remember Matt Schmidt mentioning that somewhat recently. But I was like, there's no way it's that, and no one will yeah. give a shit. So there you go. It actually was that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. So that's, that's, I've. I'm having trouble transitioning us out of this. I apologize. Hey, my job is it to was... transition us out of this, but it sounds like you ate something good lately and something especially good and especially uh, eating frequently. So yeah. I think you answered the question and then some. I hope so. Jen, yeah. it's time for our next segment. Uh, I think this segment is now called I Like This Better as a tribute to the playlist version of this segment that Matt Schmidt is kind enough to uh, keep going for us. So this is, the, this is the podcast segment. God, this is the podcast. No, this is the playlist segment. Johnny, how dare you? Not going to edit that out, though. That's clean. Uh, so you're going to add a new song to the playlist. And to be clear for the listener, we're, we have a previous playlist that is complete. We're not reusing songs from that. 
And then the only requirement is that when you add a song to the new playlist, you don't use any of those previous songs. And then you must like the song you add to the playlist better than all the songs on the current playlist. And right now, the current playlist is very short. There's only one song on it. It is Better Things by the Kinks. Paul Whitehair added that. So, Jen, your only goal, your only requirement when you go into this segment is that you tell us a song that is not on the first playlist and that you like better than Better Things by the Kinks. Do you have a song? I do. I slightly object to Paul Whitehair starting the playlist there. Let's wait. Let's actually talk about that for a little bit. Tell me about why you object. Don't tell me your song. Tell me why you object with, uh, to that. Yeah, I mean, like, first of all, giant disclaimer. I nearly texted Johnny, yes, I will go on the podcast as long as I don't have to do the song segment because I do not pretend to, like, have any sort of musical taste at all. Like, this is... I. I have opinions about a lot of things and music generally isn't one of them. So this sort of ranking thing is like a little bit, I, I hadn't heard of most of the songs on the last playlist. Like anyway, you don't but, like Bronson Pinchot. See, there we go. Don't know who that is still. Yeah. Um, but I do know the fucking kinks, Johnny. Yeah. Kinks is good, huh? And I like them. Yeah, so if too. I, if I know, and I know that song, yeah. so one of the best ones, right? Right. Yeah, I agree. So that's my my first problem is just like, I mean, that's not the problem, right? The the problem is just starting in the quite, quite high range. I think you guys both, he alluded to that. He said that. But I think the other problem is it is good in a classic way, which means that like, even if you, even liking a more modern song, it still feels wrong because it's the kinks. Like, I don't know. It, it made it harder. And the songs that I thought of, and I will be honest and tell you, I did not devote much time to thinking about this, but I felt that I was like always staying in that same, like, bands of a certain stature. You feel place. like that the song is impacting your choice of song, even disregarding, like, the quality, but just like it puts you into that mindset. Yeah, which isn't, I mean, you know, he can do that, but it just seems like. You have the first go. That why not pick out a song that you really like that no one would have ever heard of? That's the perfect first place to start. But no, okay, let me throw a couple things at you. One, I'm not going to name any names, but I actually got some pushback from someone, one person. It was Pat, probably. It was not Pat. Okay. I got some pushback about Paul's song, saying that is a terrible kink song and terrible. i don't know why anybody likes it and oh like my. that is way down the list and i don't know why you would ever choose that it's it's not very good oh no i i i understand that it's not like one of their most popular songs but that doesn't sound like i i, I love the song and i i said as much to the person it. yeah oh that's interesting pat when i when i told pat that i was having trouble because of it he's like like why why like why is that song causing trouble for you? Like who cares about that song? Like I feel like he was dismissive of it. I, I it's one of yeah. my favorite Kink songs, which I like I, is apparently controversial with at least uh, two potential listeners. But see again, do not pretend to have musical taste. So I am not your best backup here. But I I think it's a good song. I pretend to have musical taste. Very solid. Yeah, you 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 have musical taste. Ah, uh, debatable. Um, <laughs> I also want to. If we're here, I think we should do it. 
pretend you're first on the list right now off the dome. Do it. Well, no, this is your chance. Throw something crazy out there. You just said like, oh, you, if you're going first, you can do whatever you want. Can you give me an example of the sort of song you would throw out if you were um, if you were going first? Are you willing to edit out dead air as I like look at my playlist of songs I've been listening to lately? I'll talk over it. So, listeners, Jen is looking at uh, the list of songs she's played recently. And she she continues going through the list, and the list gets better and better with every swipe. See, no, I'm I like this is why I wasn't going to do the segment because I refuse to do this because like okay, I don't. Let's not do it then. Let's, let's just hear your song. I I well, <laughs> I I feel like so a problem I was having when I was thinking this playlist segment is that like for example I would have strongly preferred to pick a female singer songwriter, yeah. um, but I struggled because we are talking about the kinks and so i'm thinking about things with a similar and not maybe a, a, a better person than i could have thread that needle or somebody who thought about it do you want me to I, list some cheryl crow songs for you are you mocking me now i'm giving you good ideas i can't tell see this is my mom was a big cheryl crow mine Tori too. Amos, not fiona Tori Amos. Apple. Oh, fiona apple's mine I mean, Lou Anne did not get into the Fiona Apple. That's all. Me. My mom did a little bit, but that would have like it was just you know whatever criminal or whatever that record was called. Hmm. Um, what's the other one? There's one in particular that Pat loves to mock me for, Suzanne Vega, because when my mom came to U of I once, we went to a Suzanne Vega concert, and he thought this was the most I love hilarious it. That's thing great. that ever happened in the history of the universe <laughs> that, that a Suzanne Vega concert even occurred. And I was like, she's good. Couldn't handle it. So yeah. I'd probably pick something in one of those areas. Do you have a Suzanne Vega song you could list? I'm not going to do it. Okay. I'm not opening myself up to this. So instead, now again, you're only getting faster to the uh, naming a song you think is better than a kink song you think is better. But I have that song written down, so. Okay, if you've got it, I'll hear it. I'm, I'm going to tell you afterwards what my song would have been if I had... No, I'm not uh, going to think about this any further. You know what it might be? And this isn't even a controversial pick, but at least it's like just not a... Whatever. I think I think Off the Dome, semi-Off the Dome, because I looked at my playlist. Do you say Off the Dome or did you just say that because I said it? I said it because you said it. Okay. I've never said it in my life. I was very... That didn't, that didn't sound real to me. Well, I said it with like air quotes. I was like, Off the Dome. Uh, there was some sarcasm. I didn't see the air quotes. I missed them. I'm sorry. No, I didn't literally make them. I, anyway. Um... I think I would do Good Kisser by Lake Street Drive. That would be my starting. Song. I have no idea what that is. There you go. That would be, I think it's, my goal, if I was starting the playlist, would be a song that I genuinely like, genuinely think is good, and would hopefully no one would have heard of, or not everybody. It sounds like you crushed it. That would have been my choice. Can you say it again? Uh, good Kisser by Lake Street Dive. Full disclosure, part of why I would be confident making that selection is because my little brother, who is very into music. And He's in Lake Street Dive? No, but he recommended them to me. Oh, okay. So you, you feel like you have you have credentials. There's, There's backing back to this. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Do you want my real song? I mean, I'm, it, I can just use Good Kiss or Lake Street Dive. I don't know that I think that's better than the Kink song. Okay. No, we can't use that. Okay. Um so I'm now, now you're gonna you're gonna disown your brother. No, I don't. I don't know if he would say that. He probably would say that. Um, not the disowning that it's better. So, I'm feeling nervous. Don't make fun of me. I I promise I won't make fun of you. Okay, I I landed on 
after approximately 15 minutes, which is not nothing. That's uh, that's way too much time to spend thinking about this podcast. Right? right? Yeah. I, list, I, I made a list. I had like five. And then Damn, picked, too much. I picked this one because I felt like it was the one that I did feel was better, but I liked it was like the least amount over of the ones I was looking at. And again, which is not a thing previous guests have gone out of their way to do, I'm told. <laughs> Clearly not. They wanted to win they wanted to win the Good Music Taste Award. And I'm not trying to do that because I don't have good music now, taste. Now, you might say that the real way to win the Good Music Taste Award is to show how many songs you know by edging over the previous song by the smallest amount. Oh, shit. So maybe you're really flexing harder than anyone. I don't think so. Um, for example... <laughs> I had an LCD sound system song on the list, and Pat told me that was too far. And I was like, you're correct. <laughs> um, this must be the place by the Talking Heads. I, uh, so I, I'm talking to you, and you can, you can see me. You can see, like, I have a, a poster over my wall here. If you go the other way, I have a banner hung on the wall that says, this must be the place. Really? Yeah. I'm going to turn it. Only you will get anything out of this. But I think this is hopefully close yes, to it. Yeah, can confirm. it's a real thing. So I like that song very much. I, now, to me, boy, did you outstrip the last yeah, song. See? Yeah, but uh, there's no qualms with that. You're but allowed I like to do the, it. I think generally I like the Kinks better than I like the Talking Heads. I don't agree I like with that. Song. But um, uh, people have. I, I, I would. I. Hmm. I don't know. I think the Kinks and the Talking and, and Talking Heads are both very popular within this group. Okay. So uh, even the, like, the, the relative merits of the bands and the songs themselves are very up for debate. So I don't think you've out, like blown past anything at all. Mm-hmm. I love this song very much, though. I was yeah, I like it a lot. But I like the other song a lot. Is the is the thing? Yeah, I do but too. I like this one. I like this one better. Um, it sounds like you did it right. It was also on my mind because. Uh, I heard a cover of it recently that I liked a lot and I make these fairly obnoxious videos of my children that I send to the grandparents that are like them living their lives and then it has music and I used the cover of This Must Be The Place partially because I like the song and partially because my mom really likes the talking heads and so I I knew she'd like it and she did anyway it reminds me of my parents they listened to the talking heads a lot when I was a kid and just lyrically, it's, it's so, so joyous and wonderful. Like that yeah. is a thing that, like, I love to just put that on, and like sit there and think about the lyrics and recognize that reality about the good things in my life. Yeah, we I also were at my sister's boyfriend's house, and we his his chef friend came over and taught my girls how to make handmade pasta. And they have, he has a record player because my sister and him are record people. And they put on the Talking Heads album, and it was This Must Be The Place. So I've had like a lot of contact with that song in the past month, and I've just been reminded of how great it is. Also, picking songs for like kids' movie montages monthly, turns out most music not great over <laughs> children playing. What do you think would be a good song to listen to while children play? <laughs> I mean... Like, there's a lot of options, but it just a lot of music is just too dark or too overtly a love song. This, I, 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 this I must be the place. I think this must be the place is fine. It, it works great. I have an actual playlist of all the songs I've used for their little videos. So, But it is sometimes a challenge. Pat helps. He likes music a lot. 
We used a Sparks song that was really good that I genuinely considered as one of the songs for this because I feel like that would be controversial. The Sparks are probably not everyone's favorite. I think there'd be a lot of accusations about Pat just imposing Yeah, well, here's the thing. Pat is a terrorist, and so when Pat likes something, he just plays it on our Sonos nonstop, and then we all like it after that because we've all heard it a lot. Boy, we all like it after that was kind of chilling. (laughs) I I I don't know about that one. Like, you hear it so many times, and then you just give in. You're yeah. like, I like this, too. Um, my children know specific songs off the Final Fantasy. Like, they can name the tracks of the Final Fantasy soundtrack, and I think that is child abuse. Agree. You would argue it's good music, but... I mean, it's not saying it's bad, but, like... Come on, sir. I'm going to get so many text messages about this. <laughs> I mean, they've all met Pat. They've all talked to Pat. They know this. About you mean Pat. your children or the people in the group? The people in the group. Okay. My children also familiar with Pat, although they don't understand him relative to the rest of humanity yet. They will. When do you think they'll figure that out? Oh, that's an interesting question. Where? When do we figure out that our parents are weird in the ways yeah. that they're weird? I think with Pat, it'll be sooner than with most people. I would think. Um, all this is sounding like I don't like Pat, and I do like him a tremendous amount, and they like him a tremendous amount. But he like isn't afraid to be weirder than other people, which is part of why I think I like him a tremendous amount. Um, but I think that that will help them identify it a little faster. Although, how much of realizing that about our parents is them embarrassing us? Like, is it that the, is that is that what comes first, or is it that we're clocking that they're different? in some way or another, like comparing them to our friend's parents and being like, Hey, wait, my friend's parents don't do this. I remember being a child and thinking that my dad was cooler than other people's dads. Really? Yeah. But I don't know if that, how that weighs in on this, if that makes things. Well, was your dad cooler than other people's dads? Uh, Many other people's dads. Yeah, I think so. So then, but I mean, also, I mean, that's also like, I guess, so I mean, it's, it's both a positive, but also like recognizing your parents are different than other people's parents. Yeah. I don't know. Which is a funny thing about childhood. Like there's kids are just like the way their brains develop. Like they just really just like take everything as it comes. Like they don't, like they're not doing this thing that we're all doing as adults all the time. Like analyzing apparently they just sort of like are geared to just accept facts. And that includes people. Like they just kind of are like, okay, this is what adults are. Sure. And it takes a while until, and I think I, I a little bit think for kids of our kids' generation, that will be slower just because like, I think there might be like less social contact, less being in other kids' houses constantly. I mean, there's some of it, but it's just like, I don't know if you can really speak to this, but somebody made the point to me the other day that like, we didn't really have play dates as kids the way that our kids have play dates. And I was like, oh my God, you're fucking right. Like, I don't remember my parents ever taking me to a friend's house and they sat with the parents while we played like, that wasn't a thing. Like, you were in the neighbor's house or you weren't. Like, the neighbor kids were over or they weren't. So, do you th- are, is your concern that it is the seeing the parents interact that really teaches the kids? Because in my head, I'm like, I was over at other kids' houses and I saw their dads being dorks and being like, these are some dorky yeah. dads. I mean, 
I don't know what my point is, is part of the problem we're having here. Um, I think, I guess, I think, I, I think that the parents now are more involved in their children's social lives. That's, and yeah, so I the, think that's a huge part of it. Sure. The unfiltered access that we might have gotten at an earlier age, I suspect they're not getting until a later age. I'm partially, my view of that might be silted a little by the pandemic, like, because my kid might've been doing that a little earlier, but no one was in each other's houses because of COVID. But like we had the, the first time we had another person's child in our house without their parents was this year. Wow. And she's seven or she was six when it happened. And it's not like it happens constantly. I think it's just like, there's like a little less running around with the neighborhood kids. I mean, you hear people talk about this. It's people just, said that about when I was a kid. Yeah, they, they were like, oh, we don't do this anymore. And I was like, I fucking yeah. feel like I do. Little, yeah, a little bit of it is like, get yeah. off my porch bullshit. Yeah. Backwards analysis. That's true. Anyway, I've gotten like, I feel like I've taken us far afield of your question, which is like, when will my no, kids? I think, I think this is great analysis of why this must be the place is a good song. Oh shit, that's where we really were. I was like backing it up to your question and you're like, let's remind you of the podcast you're on, ma'am. Um could you ask me again how I feel about the drink I'm drinking? Oh, okay. How's your tummy? Terrible. Let's take a break. <laughs> Bing. Uh this podcast is long. Or actually this podcast is a normal length. But Jen and I recorded for a long time. So here's the start. We're coming soon.